behind the Herald headlines with Darren Mann. Headlines in the Herald for today, Wednesday, the 1st of December. Vicky's boyfriend did it, says Arnold. Alleged wife killer Arnold Tablanche says all evidence pertaining to Vicky's murder points to her boyfriend, Reinhard Leach. Just more than a month ago, this was the same man Tablanche was relying on to help him win custody of his 12-year-old son. But as his bail application wrapped up yesterday, he was quick to point a finger at Leach. Also on the front page of today's Herald, NMU Medical School hailed as beacon of hope. Nelson Mandela University has formally launched its new medical school with a focus on producing top-drawer, community-minded doctors willing to practice in poor and rural areas. Those are the headlines in today's Herald newspaper. For more details, go to heraldlive.co.za. Recent revelations that convicted murderer Oscar Pistorius had been transferred to St. Albans Prison just outside Kabecha has had social media abuzz, with some very strong comments being thrown around. Allegedly, his arrival had to do with the Department of Correction Services program called Victim Offender Mediation, which would see him meet the parents of his victim, Riva Stiernkamp. This Victim Offender Mediation Initiative goes way beyond the Oscar Riva case, however. Joining us this morning to explain all that it's about and meant to achieve is spokesperson for the Correctional Services Department, Singabaka Nkomalo. Singabaka, if we could go back to the start, when did the Victim Offender Mediation Program get introduced by Correctional Services and what sort of success has it had so far? It's uh, important to state that in South Africa, you will have what you call a Correctional Services Act. Uh, But before you put an act together, there's uh, another paper which is called a white paper, which is like a foundation of an act that uh, uh, government departments will use uh, in their daily operational um, responsibilities. So um, with the white paper on corrections, uh, which was um, um, gazetted in 2005, it did stress the importance of uh, restorative justice, wherein victim offender mediation and victim offender dialogue are integral, looking at it as a process that ought to encourage restoration between victims of crime, offenders, and communities. But it took a bit of a time before victim offender dialogue could be uh, put into practice. It only started um, uh, to be operationalized in 2015. Can I ask you, in practical terms, how does it work? Does it take place before a judge or a presiding officer? Does the meeting take place on prison grounds or neutral territory? How does it work from that side of things? In South Africa, uh, victim offender dialogue is all about uh, restoring um, uh, relations between the victims of crime, the perpetrator, and the community. Uh, But then um, as it becomes a responsibility for correctional services, which is at the tail end of the criminal justice system, um, we use um, social auxiliary workers to um, uh, start with the process of linking up uh, the victims, the perpetrators, and the community. But before that, uh, there's a lot of preparations 
that goes into it in order to ensure that all parties are prepared before they actually meet. It starts with mediation, and then from there it will go to a dialogue, which must be a face-to-face, -face. and that and this has to happen um, uh, within the prison grounds. But um, the uh, social auxiliary workers have to be convinced that all parties have been prepared thoroughly, that they are ready, and they fully understand the objective of a victim-offender dialogue. And they, they ought to guide the process in case there are certain disturbances or certain things emerge in the process, they will have to then intervene, perhaps even refer other parties for um, uh, other assistance that they may seek, perhaps it could be a psychologist or other specialists for that matter. But at the end of the day, it's a process that has to embrace a dialogue building towards social cohesion, where in even once the perpetrator has served the time is out, at least they find means to reconcile with the victims of crime. Once they've agreed to take part in the process, can either party withdraw? The um, social workers who are in charge of the process um, do make a determination whether to stop or continue or whether to refer all parties uh, to other um, layers where they can uh, get professional help in case they are not ready. More often, you find that the victims of crime, for them to get closure, will have particular questions that they want to ask the perpetrator. And they expect the perpetrator to be honest in his uh, response. But what is key here, and this uh, does get explained before the start of the process, this is not meant to retrial the offender. It is not meant to push the offender to say you um, never responded uh, to these questions or you denied this in court. Can you now agree to this? It's not about that. It's all about trying to find means for people to come together or even an apology to be offered. But no one is forced uh, at, at any point if perhaps one party feels that they are no longer interested to continue we cannot force them to, um, to, to, to to be part of the process. But all that is key is that it has to um, be there, people motivated to participate because it's not a once-off sitting. We encourage parties to continue to engage even if um, they will conclude the process when the perpetrator has served the, his time and is out of our correctional facilities. Singabaku does the outcome of such an intervention affect an offender's parole application at all? All, uh, all elements um, do count. Uh, in South Africa, placement of offenders uh, on parole uh, is um, a responsibility of an independent structure called parole boards. These are not correctional officials, but are members drawn from the community and also from other institutions they then uh, form what is called a parole board uh, but they do get assisted by a secretary who's a correctional services official they then study every material in front of them and uh, looking uh, from when an offender was admitted in a correctional facility because in south africa it works um, in a way that for a person to be admitted, we throw what we call a correctional sentence plan, which uh, then guides the journey towards rehabilitating that person from being admitted, 
going through rehabilitation programs until such time that a person has served the minimum required time and the reports being filed by specialists indicating whether this person is ready to, to reintegrate back into society. They will then make a determination. So they look at all factors. They don't just pick one element or variable and say this one supersedes everything else. They have to look at everything in its entirety and make a decision to say this person will be of less danger to society. We're speaking with the spokesperson for the Correctional Services, Singabaka Nkomalo. A last question, Singabaka, if you don't mind. Typically, how long would a process like this take to play itself out? Um, this process does not have a time frame, but we do encourage all parties to um, uh, use this time wisely and also to say it's not the beginning and the end, that it's, it could be a start but we encourage them to continue even if um, they will finish the process um, years later, months later, or days later, even if the perpetrator is even out of a correctional facility. For as long as they, they will utilize it uh, to find closure, to mend relations, and to find a way to move forward. Uh, such will be encouraged because we're even able to hand them over to other departments uh, which can assist them when the perpetrator is out of the correctional system. We appreciate you joining us and sharing your thoughts with us on Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann today. Many, many thanks. Singabaka Nkomalu. Have a good day, sir. Each one of us has a story to tell and a story to share. A story that deserves to be heard. A story that inspires motivates and gives people a reason to keep going a story about our triumphs as individuals and as a team a story about our humble beginnings and what the future holds for us a story about our heritage and that which brings us together it is these stories that connect us the Herald. Whatever you live for, we live to tell that story for you. We're joined now by Leslie Ann Foster, a director of Masemanyane Women's Rights International. We're slap bang in the middle of our 16 days of activism against gender-based violence. We do this every year in South Africa. And Leslie, I'd be very interested from an expert like you. Where do you think these 16-day periods that we declare are having any noticeable effect on gender-based violence. Are we seeing less of it? Good morning, um, Darren, and good morning, listeners. Um, I've been asked this question many times over this uh, 16 days of activism campaign, and I want to say that there have been some successes that we need to acknowledge, and that is that we now have political support um, in the president announcing or declaring that gender-based violence is a national pandemic. Now, that may not be considered an achievement because rape is, is spiraling, femicide is, is growing. But to have that political support is important for us who have brought this campaign to, to South Africa and who are using it to shine a spotlight onto the problems that we, we have. 
um, the numbers continue to spiral out of control. And that is because we have such deep inequality in our society. The issues of, um, you know, um, unemployment, lack of job opportunities, you know, low educational levels, uh, particularly in rural communities, uh, these are the drivers of gender-based violence. What we are doing now is that we have a new national strategic plan on gender-based violence and femicide, which has been adopted by all government departments and civil society organizations uh, have actually been the drivers behind that, that national strategic plan. So what we're doing is we're using a whole of society approach. Before it was women pushing, you know, to, to have attention on this issue. Now we're saying we need a whole of society approach. Everybody needs to be involved in reducing the levels of violence. In the six pillars of the strategic plan, we look at leadership and accountability first, and we are pushing onto that because the leadership and accountability mustn't be vested in women, but in all leaders, whether it be at the community level, at the political level, at institutional level, everybody has to provide leadership. And we're starting to see that change. We're starting to see that happen. Um, another thing is prevention. We used to uh, focus a lot on awareness raising. Over the years, we've realized that to change behavior and attitude, we need to focus more on prevention. Um, the protection of, of people, the fulfillment of human rights, all of that is encompassed in prevention. One of the big gains we've had this year is the Gender-Based Violence Fund. I'm a member of the board of that fund. And what that board seeks to do is to raise funds, helped with the, the, the presidency, and then we are focusing on the private sector to get them to support gender-based violence. And those funds are being pushed out into communities. So we've just had a call. We just, um, you know, have sent out money to various organizations. All of that is helping to strengthen the responses to gender-based violence in the country. Uh, we are devastated at the number of rapes that still occur, the number of femicides, you know, the brutality of the femicides mm. um, that are happening now. It's still, you know, it'll be deeply disturbing to us until we can change the trajectory of the violence in our society. But we can't be disheartened. You know, this is long. I've been doing this for 25 years. I will continue to do it. But I I, am, I, I take uh, strength and courage from the work that has been done to now address this in a more cohesive, coherent and holistic way. I must say it's very, very refreshing to hear you sound rather optimistic about such a bleak topic. And I was going to ask you if women truly were protected from GBV, it would be an everyday thing and we wouldn't just be looking at it for 16 days a year, surely. Well, I think we, we, we mainly do look at it, um, you know, those of us that are doing this work, uh, work at it 365 days, you know, in a year. We don't have weekends. We don't. We const constantly work at sure. it. What, I'm, what I think I'm also encouraged by is that more people in our society talk about gender-based violence now. You, you hear it in the churches, you hear it in community meetings, you hear it in council meetings, and that kind of awareness will lead to some kind of change. You hear artists coming up with songs, with poems, you know. I mean, there is, you know, there is a huge focus on it. I think what we are not 
winning on is changing the status of women in society. South Africa has, and many other countries, it's not just us, have see women, um, you know, as having a lower status than men in our society. We have to change the norms within our society to show that women actually have equal status to men. And that's a long journey. It's not an event. It's a process. It's working. We're starting to work with younger children now, you know, with teenagers. Um, so those moves are happening. But I think what we, we would like to see, you know, one big event and everything changes, that's not going to happen. What is happening is a slow process of changing mindsets at community level, family level, and individual level. We need to look at the role of men, um, the kind of toxic mas masculinities that exist now. Why do they exist? And we have done research into that. And we're starting to say we need to, to change that so that we have a positive masculinity that does view women in a positive light. We're going to leave it there. Thank you very much. Leslie Ann Foster, Director of Masimanyane Women's Rights International, talking about the 16 days of activism against GBV for 2021. Have a good day. Joining us now on Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann is Pam Mabini. Pam's in Joburg at the moment, but she is a Herald Citizen of the Year winner. She was also one of the ladies who testified against Timothy Omatoso during his lengthy trial, and she is an advocate for women's rights. Pam, we appreciate you joining us on the show this morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, Darren. Thank you so much for having me. Only a pleasure. We're slap bang in the middle of this year's 16 days of activism against gender-based violence. What are your thoughts on the initiative? Is it working or is it not working? Is it working in some areas of the country, not in others? I'd love your general thoughts on this. Uh, to me, um, as I work uh, very close with people on the ground, it's not working. Because first of all, we are being disappointed by um, our government. And also, as a community, we tend to forget easily we make a noise when there's a, a, a big case, maybe on social media, or when uh, there's an incident, a huge incident that happened. At that moment, that's when we focus, we tend to focus on the gender-based violence when there's such cases. Then after that, people, they tend to forget, not uh, following the case uh, when uh, maybe the, uh, the perpetrator is uh, being arrested, and being there to support the victim and the victim's family. So I just find that those are, that's where we lack. Also, our government tends to forget uh, uh, about gender-based violence because they always make a noise when it's all only 16 days of uh, activism or when uh, there's a, a big uh, incident that has happened of a gender-based violence. Instead of speaking and being there on the ground, being able and hear what are the issues that our people are dealing with. They are not in touch. Our government is disappointing us. And then also the police officers as well. I believe that they need a proper training on how to deal with the gender-based violence cases and, and, and uh, rape victims. Because uh, uh, you'll find that in most cases, Victims are scared of going to the police and reporting the case because you will find that they are being blamed by the police as if they invited the incidents uh, that has happened to them, as if they, they, they will blame them in a way or they will uh, uh, 
active law in, in terms of uh, giving them the, 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 the assistance and the help that they need. So where must they go if they are going to be rejected by the police and get a bad treatment from the police officials? So what must happen? I believe that that's when I, I, I was like, you know what? Uh, our police officers, they need a proper, proper, proper training to deal with such cases. Can I ask you in the wake of the trial of Timothy Omatoso, which took forever, um, the reaction you've had to testifying during the course of that trial and were you happy with the outcome? Um, for now, I will say it's uh, delaying. Um, the case has been on and on and the victims, uh, you'll find that at times they want to give up, but they, uh, with, uh, through our assistance and the help, we we there for them, and uh, they appreciate the fact that we assist and help them, and uh, supporting them. Um, the case for now, I will say, um, it's been delaying because uh, the 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 the, 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 um, Dopa, uh, the lawyer of the perpetrator is delaying the whole process. But then, what I like with it is that. The victims uh, have their confidence and they are there to tell uh, the story, to tell exactly what happened. And they know exactly what is it that they want, what is it, uh, uh, what has happened to them. It's not like someone, as um, most of the people claim, that uh, uh, the victims are coming up with the, um, with the story as if they are lying. They are not, and we believe them. We thank you very much for joining us. We're going to leave it there. Pam Mabini, advocate for women's rights, Herald Citizen of the Year winner, and one of the ladies who testified against Timothy Omatoso during his lengthy trial, which is still ongoing. Pam, thank you very much for your thoughts. Have a good day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate for, um, um, I feel so blessed to be here and uh, for you to have me. Thank you so much. That was today's edition of Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann.